Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Um, this episode takes place between the first and second episodes of the podcast. Oh, if you've seen Saw 10, you know this. <laughs> so that was the one weird one where we did like a year in advance. No, we, were we doing all the canceled COVID stuff? Was that one of our first ones? Actually, actually, if we if I can think back to what our actual order was, I think the first episode I know the first we did one an episode. You did with somebody else, and then I was on the second, or was it vice versa? Yeah, I did. I did a I did a test episode. I don't remember if if it went up. I think I recorded the first one, but it went up second with like Abe and Max. Right, that makes I sense. Say. Um, we did it. We did a, the second episode as the first one, and I think our saw episode was like three or four. Yeah, I want to say so. So it's been embedded in so the DNA of this podcast since the beginning. So it's possible that Saw X is just stealing from us by going back to the beginning. Yeah, I mean we've been holding that torch longer than the series, arguably. That's true. Some of the people involved in the series, at least. Mm. So. Um, in case you haven't gathered, we were going to be uh, somewhat Saw-centric this week. Not entirely, but there'll be plenty. And uh, to do that, obviously Miles would not miss it, but we uh, we brought back Kendall. Hi, guys. There we go. Kendall, <laughs> nothing's changed in your life since the last time you did a Saw episode. Everything's the same, right? Oh, everything's the same. I am definitely not engaged and planning a wedding and on strike with work. And yeah, everything's exactly the same. Thank you for asking. Yes, and you're still in a pandemic, just to double check, right? Oh, yeah, COVID's back, so it is all the same. All right, cool. There you go, there you go. Because it was spiral, I think, so it was, like, sort of you can go outside, but, like, maybe not. It should be outside. Yeah. Um, no, the the third one, the, the OG Saw episode we did, that was full on, like, don't do anything. Yeah, yeah that was, so. like, I haven't seen these people I'm talking to in a very long time, and I probably won't for a long time. Yeah. Exactly. I... Trying to think. I think after no, we didn't see each other until after Spiral record because we we did the we did Medieval Times. Yeah. Kendall and Casey and my ex girlfriend and I and their respective uh, fiancés now I guess boyfriends at the time all went to Medieval Times. Yeah, and our night lost like the first. Yeah. one. he was like the first one. Some bullshit there. <laughs> and it's rigged. So like, why did they pick give us the losers? Like, yeah. we bought the picture package. You think that would like guarantee us like a spot in the finals? You would think so. And yet, and yet not so much. Um, before we get into the, the spooky stuff, because Miles started off um, 31 Days of Horror, I had a thing I wanted to bring up last week that um, I forgot to. And Miles, Kendall's not aware of this either, so I want to talk to you both about this for a second. Do either of you know what the um, highest rated, like, basically thing on HBO Max is right now? Uh, I'm assuming something from, like, Turner Classic Movies or something like that. Oh, no. I was going to guess, it's, like, The Idol because it's scandalous or something. No, but I did watch The Idol, like, 15, 20 minutes at a time, like, while we were recording sometimes. And Miles can attest to me, like, periodically looking up and being like, what the fuck is happening on this show? Like, it was just weird, like, the weekend porn fantasies, I, thought, I think. Yeah, I watched the first episode and I was like, The weekend is just not, he's not going to sell this for me. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I kept saying I was gonna watch it just out of fascination, and I didn't. But wait, guys, this so is are even. We, are we saying the weekend shouldn't quit his day job? I think uh. we are. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. 
But Miles, on the other hand, should really look for some uh, punch-up work now that the writers are not on strike anymore. Fuck you. No, I meant you should get that job. <laughs> Punching up other people's work. There you go. I was trying to compliment you. Well, in any trying. event, you couldn't. Yeah, I think the fucking um, still stands. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> the last time on this episode I'll have anything good said about him. Uh, no. So we uh, there's a show on HBO Max that is an import of a British uh, dating series. It's seven seasons old. It's called Naked Attraction. Oh, is this one of the Discovery carryovers? No, this is uh, this is full on like a British show, and um, it's a dating show. So, Kendall, I told you that don't look up anything about it. So, oh God, imagine if you will a dating show, right? Let's say let's say you're you're still in the market, right? And you want to go on a, a reality show because you're that person. You're not, but you know, in that world, remember in the days of like Next and like uh, Room Raiders and all that. Oh yeah. So they've. They've, they've tinkered with that formula now. This is um, a man or a woman. It doesn't matter. I guess the episodes have varied. In search of a man or a woman, it, it varies. And they have to choose between six individuals. Sometimes it's six of one gender. Sometimes it's three and three. And the quirk is uh, those individuals are naked. Okay, because dating isn't awful enough to begin with. Here's where it, it continues. Um, they're revealed um, from the bottom up. <laughs> oh yeah so episode one first is person it, wait, so episode even. one is it just a bunch of feet <laughs> no is no tarantino's <laughs> like ideal reality tv show <laughs> no it's um it's six um uncircumcised penises because it's england oh it goes that's that's how far up they start and she then eliminates one and then it moves up a little bit and eventually it gets to two choices and then those two guys come out, or two ladies in the situation, and then the person who's picking has to get naked, and all three of them stand there. And then she picks the one, or he picks the one. And then they go on a clothed date. <laughs> wow. Why do you have to say it like that? The a world? clothed date. <laughs> well, because every... What would you... What your expectations would have been otherwise, I think. I mean... I guess... It, I guess... It's hell of an icebreaker, I suppose. Yeah, Are you not, like, mostly befuddled and also somewhat curious? Uh, more the former than the latter. Yeah. I mean, I'm Apparently... a I'm a reality show fiend, so I'm probably mm-hmm. going to watch this, but I'm not going to be proud of it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't think you would, but, like, I knew you. I knew one of you and probably, I thought maybe both, but definitely kind of was going to be like, yeah, there's going to be an episode or two of this. Well, here's the thing. Because... I'm not going to watch it, and I am going to be proud of that. You That's should true. be. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna like go inside and wake up Kelly to tell her what they're not watching. I mean, yeah. Stranger things have happened. That's true. It does it does fit. So I couldn't I couldn't resist the urge to bring that up because the reaction is always the same. They're like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, exactly. but Joey, you're obviously watching it, right? So have you like watched, binge watched the whole I, season? No, no, no. I, well, I watched, he's the I reason why the it's the episode. highest rated thing on Max right? because he's going yeah. over and over. No. Right? He's I... like low-key shaming me for being, he's like, I knew Kendall would watch it. Meanwhile, like, you already oh, you watched it. Oh, you I'm just like saying uh, only one of the no, three I... of us went into this episode knowing what the show was. Well, I found And knowing out how many uncircumcised penises there were to start. Yeah, well, you that, had a no, number that... ready to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> did. Well, I did. I did. Well, I watched the first episode, part of the first episode. So that was just like on Front Street. Uh, no, the um, I had heard about it on, 
I think it was Instagram or something like that. Like various people being like, this thing is the wildest thing ever. And I didn't pay attention. And then one of the podcasts I listened to brought it up because I guess it, it permeated like pop culture. And then when they explained it, I was like, is this just sitting on HBO Max? And I, I pulled it up for like five minutes and went, well, I don't care about the dating show aspect, but like this shit's wild. <laughs> um, and, and like it, it, it yeah, it's it's something. Like it's the it's the somehow Saw Ten is the least graphic thing we're talking about today, which is uh, an achievement. But that is what we're going to talk about momentarily. Before we do that, Miles, you're you're two movies in on Spooky Season, right? Yes, as of recording, it's October second, so I'm over only two movies in. Technically, one movie and two thirds of a movie in because we were not able to finish tonight movie before starting to record. But I can give you the real quick lowdown on those two. Uh, year four, 31 yes. days of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, day one, we went with one that I had heard about from earlier this year, but we missed out on because it was only in theaters for a week uh, at the same time as Barbenheimer. Uh, and that was Cobweb. And uh, what a great way to start off the month. Like, firstly, it's, you know, Halloween seasonal vibes very heavily throughout, like, the backyard of the main family is just littered with pumpkins, like just pumpkins for days for no apparent reason. Uh, Jack-o'-lanterns all over the place, some very odd costumes, all sorts of things. Um, it's great. It's very spooky. It is cut from the same cloth as something like Malignant or Barbarian. It has that sort of bonkers factor of you have no idea where it's going to go next. And it definitely builds to a delightfully unhinged third act uh if you haven't had anything spoiled about it go in knowing as little as possible it's definitely that kind of movie i don't know that it's necessarily up there with those two but it is very much like i said you know cut from the same cloth uh anthony star yes. delightful uh lizzie kaplan they're both very good at playing this sort of insidiously creepy vibe where you, you don't quite trust them you don't quite know what they're up to uh, the movie does a really good job of sort of challenging your expectations and keeping you on the edge of your seat throughout. Um, so nice. that's definitely one that I would recommend. And then tonight we are two thirds of the way through uh, 1982's Basket Case. Speaking of malignant and weird conjoined twin revenge situations. Um, and so far it's great. It's so much fun. Cool. It's yeah. you know, gross 80s, gory Man, they they have a little puppet and they get a lot of mileage out of that little puppet and it is just adorable and I'm I'm into it. So yeah, so far so good. Uh, this month off to us a good start so far. Yeah, we'll check in on how that movie finishes uh, next week. Yeah, Kendall, does little puppets make you think of ghoulies? Little puppets, um, kind of. Little puppets makes me think of Spiral. To be honest, I'm in a saw hole right now because I know we're recording <laughs> nice. this. So the little pig puppet Excellent. and Billy. Though of you course. did, yes, true. Though you did, um, you're halfway through a movie as well that Miles and I have seen. I'm about two thirds of the way through Skinamarink. Oh god! And I'm Are having you a really hard time. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna finish it. I'm having a tough time because it just feels so pretentious it's like it's like showing a shot of the corner of the wall and then there's like a noise and i feel like the creators like did you get it did you get it oh you didn't get it you must not be smart it's like i don't know it feels it feels very up on its high horse and i'm having a tough time joey do you remember offhand what the budget on that one was it's only like a couple thousand right 
like 40 grand or something like that, 15 grand? 15 grand, something like that. And it's one of those things where like, Kendall, let me know if you feel the same way, where it's like on the one hand, oh, wow, it's really impressive that they made a movie for 16 grand. But on the other hand, you're watching the movie and like, where the fuck the 16 grand go? Yeah. It's not on the screen. It's Legos and like a Barbie. But also I was telling Joey, I'm like, I just want to see the script. Like, what was that script like? Was there even a script? And how was it two pages? Because there's like no dialogue or... It's just like different shots of the walls and floor. My guess is it is a uh, interior living room night. Cut to interior living room night. Yeah. Cut to and so on. I think it's just that. And it must have been so frustrating to work on too because <laughs> the crew probably showed up to work and they're like, what are we shooting? I have no idea. Okay. And then just shoot like nonsense for 12 hours. <laughs> But We're gonna I shoot gonna the stairs up. upside down. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just trust me. There's a lot of just trust me. Um, so to kick off our saw discussion, we'll we'll sort of tiptoe into it because on sun on Saturday evening, I talking about tiptoes um, watched um, the song and dance version of Saw. I saw Saw the musical, the unauthorized off Broadway parody of Saw. And uh, it was uh, it was very entertaining. A, a take on the material I was not expecting, as I, I told you guys off air. So, um, Miles, you turned me on to this initially. Yes, and I'm really jealous that you got to see it and I didn't. Yes, uh, you would have loved it. Uh, did you know that it was a queer romance? I, I had a pretty strong... It's like, I don't think anyone had told me, but I think I just kind of intuited that it would be. Because, like, that's yeah. the move, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, for 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 like off Broadway, it's basically three off Broadway performers doing it. So, yeah, like the move is to do that um, there. So there's two guys who centrally play Gordon and, and Adam. And then there's an actress and she is um, often jigsaw. She's on the floor sometimes as him. She does. She puppets Billy. And then when there's other characters and only one of the two is on, you know, on screen, per se, like. Um, like a flashback to the hospital kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll you know interchange and and you know someone will be Zep, but like in a mat in the pig mask and stuff like that. Um, the the tunes are very um, uh, kind of don't make sense for Saul, but I like that. Like um, I think is is it after Amanda? Um, Billy uh, sings a song called "Live the Life You Love." Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a very like Broadway like melody kind of like uppy show tune start to the show but then there's also a song when um, Adam is digging through the uh, the toilet before he goes in the top of the toilet um, that turns into what they would do to each other if they weren't chained up while he like fake flings the toilet poo at him uh, that is uh, wildly graphic it's great it's very funny uh, they get a, it's it's a little long it's like an hour 40 and the first like 20 30 minutes are great. And then once they start doing the flashbacks, it, it it kind of slows down more. You can tell some of the song numbers are meant to showcase the actress who like has a very good voice and I think is hoping she'll be discovered. But very entertaining. And uh, if you like Saw, you get a lot out of it. I don't think you have to like Saw, though, because it's it's so kind of ridiculous and out there that I was uh, I was very taken by it. You sold so, me. The, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's a little easier for Kendall to see it than Miles, but you know, maybe it'll, maybe it'll, maybe it'll head nationally. Yeah, maybe there'll be a recording wide. at some point. 
Or maybe, you know, you should probably look into if uh, the rights are available. Maybe you can mount it. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I like that idea. Um, so I saw that like three days after having seen Saw X. Saw 10. How are we, are we referring to as X or 10? Socks. How do we want to refer to it? Socks? I, I think right. only it's Saw X, but I don't know if that's right. So I, I've only ever heard Saw X, which like. Yeah. You know, they've been doing Roman numerals from the beginning, so it should be Saw 10, but like, yeah, either or. <laughs> yeah. All right. So <clears throat> I kind of gave my my very spoiler free thoughts on it last episode. I don't know that we're going to really get into like specifics of the plot spoilery wise, but we'll see how this goes. But Miles, why don't you kick us off since you saw it shortly after and I'm going to send, while you do that, Kendall, a picture of the Saw musical stage. Because I sent I sent it to you, Miles, yes. at the time. Kendall, it's coming your way right now. Miles, go for it. All right. Uh, well, yes. So uh, I came. I saw. I had a great time. Um, it's very much what I've been wanting from the franchise since six, if we're honest. Um, seven, you know, we've all talked about at length how it's sort of wrap things up on a less than satisfying note and then seven years of nothing and then the bullshit that was jigsaw um and then spiral it's something different uh, this really felt like it got back to the terra firma of sort of what we love about those original movies and that original batch let's say um which is you know it's tobin bell as jigsaw finally you know getting to be front and center and making a meal of it as we all knew he would uh, it's Shawnee Smith arguably doing some of her best work as Amanda and like like you said gaining a fair amount to do uh, really solid trap really solid gore um, it, it's just one of those ones where this kind of scratches that itch that hasn't really been satisfactorily done since uh, six was sort of a high point of the sequels um, so yeah I uh, came away very satisfied with this one excellent excellent Kendall did you see what I sent you I did um, it's a very, very cool s- stage, but is that Billy? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they then pick him up and marionette him hmm. for other stuff, but yeah. All right. So <clears throat> what did you think of socks? Me? Yes. Um, I loved it. I have never rooted for John Kramer and Amanda Moore, which makes me <laughs> probably sound insane, but I mean, they're like, he's the best part of the Saw movies. Um, and it really like made you f- empathize with him a lot and like the connection between Amanda and John was just top tier and I don't know I loved the traps I loved the storyline um some things I kind of like chuckled at but I mean that's with any Saw movie I find some aspects of it kind of delightfully ridiculous but I loved it closer to closer to the like let's put a hat on backwards signify time travel (laughs) yeah well that's awesome (laughs) i I was disappointed that there wasn't at least one instance of that yeah that was a missed opportunity no but there is the the dream sequence which um i think miles you had even said like infers that like often throughout the day john kramer is like you know like i could just oh you you crossed me like here's the thing i could be doing to you oh yeah no it, it makes you wonder like he's probably like 20 times a day he's seen like somebody like jaywalking or whatever and he's like "Ooh, i bet i could put them in like weird treadmill or whatever like <laughs> he's just con- <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah. constantly buzzing and brainstorming about these things well he has other things he should be concerned about but it's a it's such a charm i i <clears throat> i think i had spoken about this at least to miles if not on the episode last week that i was 
I really did like the quieter moments with um, John and Amanda. Yeah. In a way that <clears throat> they didn't really ever do before. Well, and that I think Obviously is much three. more successful than when they tried to do it in the third one. Yeah. When it kind of felt like also her character in the third one was a little all over the place. Yeah. A little shrill, a like little uh, unpleasant. Yeah. They, they were still in the, the vibe of like everyone here is meat. Like yeah. they, they, I mean, honestly, really maybe until this one. I'm trying to think. I guess in Spiral, you had a fair expectation of, like, Chris Rock was probably going to be okay. But every other movie really has gone in the, like, you don't care about these people. You're here to watch them get butchered. Yeah. And to to Kendall's credit, like, I had said this to you for sure. This is the first one where you're like, I kind of want the traps to all work. Like, I don't really care if any of these these people live. They all suck. Well, but not like, yes and no. To different degrees. I, I think there's one character that I absolutely feel that way about. I think a lot of the characters around her are maybe being taken advantage of and don't necessarily deserve to be there on quite the same scale. Especially, uh, especially when you see what all the traps are and her intended trap is a lot less vicious than what some of them have to do considering well, the levels of accountability here though to that end and maybe this is something we can break down slightly uh, in spoiler territory so like i don't know pay attention. people who are listening to this have list- have seen Zor or aren't seeing it so i think we're safe that trap i feel like is never really meant to have her in it. I think he's already planned for No, totally. What but to but even then, the what does end up happening isn't anywhere near as brutal as like for example, the woman who's clearly just a drug addict who like was getting her fix and like is being taken advantage of, like has to go through far more brutal than either of the potentials that the real criminal the real mastermind if you will sort of has to go through. I mean, yeah, I agree. What do you, what do you, what do you do to Amanda for being a drug addict? Well, yeah, but Amanda's been through like three or four traps by the time she's. Well, through. I mean, but that was, but that first one, but that first one was your. Remember, it's it's Danny Glover going, "You are a drug addict, aren't you?" Which I think is the actual line delivery. Yeah, oh, totally. Never changed Danny Glover. Um, no, that's so always like, been you know, there, and I do like the uh, they add the element where Amanda is very sort of conscious of that, and even is like not yeah. necessarily trying to save her, but at least trying to sort of do what she can to give her a little bit of a leg up. Which which literally, I thought was uh, well yeah which I thought was uh, sort of an interesting wrinkle but that they like ask the question but they don't necessarily answer like, like like there's a handful of times in this one which I did think was interesting where some of the cracks in John's philosophy are sort of explored a little bit more than not at all um, sure and I think that stuff is really interesting and it sort of makes you want a little bit more of it but I do think you know it, it's stuff like that that sort of keeps the formula fresh while still going back to the classics as it were well that's what saw saw 11 is going to be for exactly well i do agree Um, with you miles though i really was waiting to see what that one trap was going to be for that one person and there was a lot of like near misses in this one where i'm like uh i don't know if this is fair the way that some people their traps were set up um and they definitely should not have had such brutal traps compared to that one person yeah. Well, and it's also like some of them and, you know, none of them have ever been fair. Like, you know, when it, it, in like three or four or whatever, when they start making the distinctions like, oh, well, these aren't classic jigsaw traps because they're unwinnable. Get the fuck out of here. None of them are winnable. But like, 
it's it's one of those things where like when you see what happens a lot of the time when they die it's not even because they're not willing to do the thing it's because they do the thing but the machine that registers that they've done the thing is too slow like there's multiple characters that like get done because of that but there's zero sympathy for like oh no they took too long that's their fault it's like jesus christ like zero leeway but that's again that's always been part of it yeah. Yeah. No. Twice here that happens. Yeah. But um, the music. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead again. I was just saying. Interesting thing I saw online was that people were saying that this is like the goriest saw yet, and they were handing out like vomit bags in some theaters. And I disagree. What do you yeah. guys think? Yeah. I don't think these traps no. were as bad as like. There's one that comes to mind. I don't remember if it's from. I think it's from three or maybe it's five. I don't remember. But the guy has his arms and legs that are just getting twisted. In that. Oh, that's three. Oh, that's three. Yeah. yeah, that, that one's pretty gnarly. Well, three is has the a worst handful one of the gnarliest me. ones. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think these really compared that much. I, I'll say this. I think they're a step up from both Jigsaw and Spiral, which I thought were pretty weak in the trap department. And even seven, I would yeah. say. I, I think it's closer to the, high, the stuff that's in two and three, for example, than we've gotten more recently. Yeah, but I agree. I don't I mean, think I, it's the gnarliest one in the series by far. No, 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 no. I, I, I there wasn't anything that made me like cringe necessarily. I mean, the fingers getting broken is not like fun, but everything else is is blood as opposed to, you know, the bones crunching. I think that's that's usually sometimes what will get people. Yeah. Or um, I'm trying to think what another one that would have like gotten a lot of people. But yeah, the the one Kendall mentioned is a is a big one. Um, and the needle pit, but that's just a different thing entirely. Sure. Um, the what musical about, actually brought up, go ahead. What about the angel, the, um, one that like rips your rib cage out? That was Ooh, a pretty yeah. bad one. Well, that's, that's, well, that's the most unwinnable one. Well, yeah. And that was, yeah. Not the, not the guy well, who has like the big ring in his, stuck in his jaw. Or the guy. Well, that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> the guy. But no, that was, that one was just Amanda. Yeah. The guy covered. Not the guy whose trap is just. Not the guy whose trap is just a door with a gun attached to it. Yes. Yeah, well, that's like, are you an idiot? Oh, wait, you are. It's over. Yeah. Or, or um, what, Kendall, you're bringing up the guy with the flammable whatever. <laughs> yeah, the guy yeah. Who's, they bring- who, like, called out of work and then <laughs> <laughs> covered in, like, yeah. flammable jelly with a candle. You're, and he has a slow acting poison, who- and the combination is all yes. over the walls, and it's like, what the? Yeah. Like, there's you're, no you're way to get out who, of that. <laughs> you're a comic who burns people with your act. Um, never changed no, he, um, yeah the um the musical actually brought that one up they're like so wait that one's just like don't don't have the flame blow on you that's the challenge uh they they get into a couple of those those things which i thought was funny but yeah no i i i give spiral a little leeway in that it's it's a it's a copycat so like they would be like one step removed kind of traps but um i mean jigsaw kind of has no excuse yeah especially that one with like the the power tools falling where it's like did you think this was going to be 3d <laughs> no that one's weird well and i hate the freaking laser collar the laser Ugh, it's so dumb yeah i mean i like the i like the ending of that because it's well, always fun to see someone yeah. get a yeah someone get made into sushi by by lasers Although it, the only thing i like about an, resident evil i was about to say it looks like an effect out of resident evil more so than anything that's ever been in a saw movie well, uh, the Spirit Brothers were trying something new, they claim. Well. Um, no, what works here, beyond the return to form, like the traps being cool and, you know, the 
John Crane Revolt is the character work. Like, it actually, like, spends time with him. To the point where I actually, I think I told you that it spent longer than I expected. Like, it's a, aside from the that first kind of, like, fake-out trap, it's a long time before you get into the game, as it were. Yeah, a lot of build-up. Well, and then, like, without getting into anything, there's a wrinkle in the uh, game that sort of happens towards the end of the movie that sort of tests him in a different kind of way and tests his... I guess, improv skills, if you like, um, in the way, and you know, that moral compass is kind of tested in a different way, which I think is really interesting. And it's, it's one of those things where they do so much with him and, you know, him and Amanda and their bond and relationship. And, you know, they do, they do the classic, you know, the only thing worse than the main killers are these even worse people that we've introduced so that you root for that. It's the don't breathe too of it all. Um, but I think it doesn't uh, – it's it's one of those things where they do so much – you build up so much goodwill that it's easy to forget that he and Amanda are the villains of the series. Yeah. You know what it is? It's like if you haven't had – Kendall, what's your favorite fast food? Taco Bell. All right. You know Taco Bell's bad for you, right? Well. I can agree to disagree, but yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I meant physically, not I meant physically. It's not good for the soul, but yeah, it's bad. Exactly. For... <laughs> but like, think about if you haven't had it for like a while, for whatever reason, just been a long time. Like, on the whole, it's Taco Bell. It's exactly what it's, it you expect it is because they're consistent and they do their thing, right? But if you haven't had it in a while, it takes on this like satisfying meaning of like, ah, shit, I got it, right? Mm-hmm. And... In a way, I feel like that's what this movie is. Like, it's not doing anything largely wildly differently than what we've seen a million times and come back to when we watch the old movies. But not having seen it like that for a while, there's there's something just, like, really satisfying about, like, they're doing it. They're doing it. They made me a Crunchwrap Supreme, you know? It's... Yeah, well, it goes back to what everyone loves about these movies. And on top of that, like... I can actually 100% agree with Jigsaw on why he put these people in trucks. What they did was so, like, disgusting and egregious. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, on, on the scale of, like, super deserved it to, like, I don't know. There's only, I would say, one person in the I don't know camp. And there's definitely one person in the, like, yeah, go, they can go fuck themselves camp. And a lot of kind of in between. Though, interestingly, I would argue that maybe the second worst one, there's two candidates. There's there's someone who's like sort of revealed. And yeah. then there's the very, very last thing in the credits. That guy <laughs> sucks way more than I think you 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 initially think. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, listen, like, I, I love the post credits for a very different reason, but go on. Yes. Oh, no, no. I, I remember I told you, I think on air, being like, I don't want to say what it is, but when you when you see it, you're going to be like, it makes perfect sense. But also, boy, did they play their cards like very early as in the first thing you hear in the fucking teaser trailer. Yeah, no joke. But, yes. Like, I guess I guess it always had to kind of be like you put Hoffman there. But it was interesting. Oh, like spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I Again, guess we're ta- telling everybody. <laughs> we're talking about it. Whatever. You, you, it's it's well, the line well, that you well, hear in the trailer. For me, the twist is not just that that's the line, but that he immediately follows it up with potentially the most awkward line in Saw history. 
Yes, his like burn. <laughs> it's not, it's, but it's it essentially a, is him being like, of all the men in the screw, you chose John Kramer. Sick burn, bro. Well, no, it's like, epic bad luck. And it's like, Hoffman yes. never say that. What the fuck is going on? But no, I'm t- you're too caught like up a, in the like, majesty of this character that everybody hated in the mid 2000s now being back. Yeah, it sounds like an improv. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just love One I just me, love Kevin. that shot where it's like spinning around into the guy at the end and the two, it's like it, it, Also, what do you think that trap was? It's going to like tickle his chest or something. I, I don't know. It, it didn't it didn't seem like there was a way to win that game though. No, oh, but no. there's a couple of those, aren't there? Yeah, that one seemed like the most like no, no, you're just in a thing we're going to kill you with like cuz you you really over over we're going to ma- oh, we're going to make that scar. Or whatever the uh, the gimmick is on that one. Well, that's what, what he does to, to the uh, to the um, uh, the guy from Seven who pretended he was in a trap. He's like, "Oh yeah, let's see yeah. you do the trap you said you can do." Oh, turns out the pecs can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was maybe his most logical one to date. Like, oh, just do the thing. Well, except just do the bit. Well, except for the fact that he then like rump roasts the fiance who didn't even know about it. Well, listen. There is a long tradition in Saul of collateral damage. Yeah. Like, he was prepared for that kid to die in six. Well. Anyway. I mean, anyway, I don't yeah. I don't, intent, I don't, I don't but, like, he was there. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if we're giving stuff away, there's a kid in danger here that is definitely a, a wrinkle that I feel like we haven't seen before. I mean, six was the only other one with the, with the teen son. Well, yeah, but, you know, that kid was, like, 16 going on 27. <laughs> well, that's that's nine hundred two one zero casting style, but that's that's another story. Um, all right, why don't we say where um, this falls within the uh, Sawverse? I mean, chronologically, we know where it falls, but what about in y'all's rankings? I'm gonna do mine um, for Sunday and, and slot it in. Um, you can find mine on the site. It's more or less what we've talked about over the years. I think it's coming in around four for me. TBD a little bit, but like. Under the first one, for me, I think still under Spiral, but I'm not sure. And maybe under six, but above all the other ones. Though I can I can float on that. It's got top two potential, but top four basement. Okay. I also put it in my number four spot. So nice. I have one, two, and three in the top three spots. And it actually, it beat out Spiral. Um, okay. I don't know. I just, I, Spiral, I really, really enjoyed. And I'm wondering if we're ever going to hear more about that, about that universe, about like Max Mangella's character, because. Pro- probably not. Yeah. But that would be actually be a very cool thing if they're like 11 is coming in like three years, but the next movie is Spiral 2. Like if they just did that to like, like pad out the franchise, yeah. I'd be way into it. Or if they loop him in somehow, but I heard them say that for Eleven, they're thinking about like covering a lot of Hoffman. Well, okay. I mean, so can I? So it's you like guys going a completely on... different. I, I have an idea yeah. of what they should do, and no, no nobody. Okay. Well, I don't know. Josh Stolberg is aware of us on Twitter. Maybe somebody will hear this. Um, Were you about to say tell him no one, no one copy this? Well, no. If they want to do this, I think they should do it because I I did a rewatch of them. Um, uh, uh, in the build up to this. And one thing that really struck me um, about three and four specifically, because those take place simultaneously, uh, 
in within 24 hours, there's like 50 traps and 25 deaths that happen like simultaneously <laughs> and like in a very specific yes. order. And for me, it's just like, I have the feeling that like Jigsaw was like, I'm probably going to die by the end of this one. So I want to go out in like a blaze of glory. And like, we're just going to do all, all the all the rough draft traps I've had lying around. We're going to do them all. We're going to do them all at once. And then poor Hoffman and Amanda are like, oh, gosh. And so I just want a movie about the apprentices, like figuring out Jigsaw's big day and sort of getting all the logistics yeah. together. They have to lo- rope in the guy from Jigsaw and it's awkward because they don't know each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. Know, maybe we could get something from like Dr. Gordon. I don't know. I just, I would like to, I feel like the apprentice side of things has been like one of the most interesting elements that they only ever really tease at. And that's one of the great yeah. things about this one is that we get so much more of that dynamic. Um, but the teases we get of it in some of the other ones and flashbacks and so on, that's something I'd love to be, you know, maybe not in this specific ridiculous example, but I would like something that deals with that dynamic a bit more. Yeah. The other the other way is uh, just do one between two and three, right? When he's frailer. Sure, but sure. still, like, around. Well, listen, then, I'm, I guess Hoffman... I'm totally open to the next ten Saw movies happening within the margins of the previous ten. That's totally fine if that's how we want to do it. Yeah, I mean, we've only got so many Tobin Bell years left. Let's use them. Yeah. Ugh, don't say that. Yeah, you knock I on mean, all of the wood. Yeah. I am. I am. There we go. Um, I just did. I would love Even more. Even though he is... I will say he's 81. Just, Ugh. I didn't make this up. Well. Also wild. He's 81. He looks better than he did in Saw 2. <laughs> <laughs> I would love more Dr. Gordon follow-up. And I had the moment when I was watching um, Saw X10, whatever we want to call it, in theaters. One of the characters yes. is talking about her father being a, a well-known doctor. And in my head, I was like, oh, is it going to connect it that way? I, I had that thought, too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You think you think Dr. Gordon knows Dr. Peterson? Maybe. I I was hoping I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if that's her dad or if that's like someone in the community she knows. But they didn't they didn't take it. I feel like Carrie Elway's probably is not coming back. I feel like if he did, it would have to it would it's going to be one of those things where it either has to be something substantial or it has to be like in seven where he's in two scenes. But they yeah, didn't need to he's... bring him back for this. Like they just mentioned, no. they could have just mentioned him in that. No, context. not for this. This it would yeah. been necessary. No, um, I was just looking at like what he's been up to. Like he's got Mission Impossible, right? I mean, well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Exactly. Um, he's on a run of like um, Guy Ritchie movies. It seems. Yeah. Why not? Like he was just in um, uh, Operation Fortune. Yeah, everyone saw that movie, right? Yeah, he was just in Blackberry. <laughs> yeah, I, he was actually pretty good in Blackberry. Yeah. He's in um, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, which is another Guy Ritchie movie. And then he's in Rebel Moon. Oh, yeah. So I think he's like, uh, thanks but no thanks on on more Saw Ventures. But I would like to see it. I think I think Hoffman is what you'll see more of. Yeah, but I did see on TikTok someone was like, oh, I think they were talking about the doctor of this character in the new movie's dad in Saw 3 because there is and I watched the clip and he's talking about oh there's this doctor in Norway who oh has yeah this, from like, uh, 6 right oh from 6 yeah I couldn't remember which number it was but yeah when like, he goes, oh, to, doctor when he goes to the insurance guy yeah has this new yeah. treatment yeah, yeah, yeah. plan and that I think that was referencing him which is kind of a so fun little easter in between, egg so in between the phone call and going 
he tried to get insurance covered <laughs> to cover it, and they said no. He went to Peter Outerbridge, and they were like, no, we're not going to do that, John. So he was like, I'm putting you in a game, but I'm also a, taking off. We could have gotten a Peter Outerbridge cameo. That was a... <laughs> yeah. But no, I, 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 I had that it. same thought that, yeah, it's nice that it connected in that way. Yeah. Right? Um, Peter Outerbridge, let's see. Has he done anything recently? He was on the Expanse this might be sadder. an episode or two. About to say, this might be sadder than I wanted to be when we look at some of these. Um, no, he's a Canadian character actor. He does stuff. The last thing he was in on the f- big screen that anyone saw was Silent Hill Revelation, which followed Saw 6. So he's available. <laughs> he is available. Uh, the thing so I, what's, the thing uh, I what's, really want to know logistically is, you know, I'm sure there's a wonderful deleted scene with him trying to get uh, Billy the Puppet and the tricycle through customs. Yes, right? <laughs> uh, actually, he's got him the, on the hand. Most, he's got him ready to go. But there, was, there was not enough Billy. No, I know. Well, because he's he's mostly like up and personal. He's like doing the he's doing the rare Saw 4 where he'll like be in the room with them. Well, he's got the anesthetic. Yeah. Um, what's under Saw X for you, Kendall? You got the first three, then Saw X. All right, let me find. Okay, so one, two, three. Five through ten. Saw yes. X Spiral. Six, seven, five, Jigsaw four. All right, Miles. Uh, so right now I'm at. Um, one six uh saw x uh so i've got it at three uh then spiral um i had that one higher i know i was definitely higher on it when we talked about it last time but i I rewatched that and jigsaw for the first time since seeing them in theaters respectively and man both of them jigsaw in particular really suffered for it as i'll mention in a second but um even spiral i was just kind of like it's good. I like that it's doing a different thing, but it's not quite scratching that saw itch. I mean, pig saw, as Kelly and I have started calling him, just doesn't quite cut it the same way. Um, yeah, as a as a someone else wanted to do their take on saw. Yeah, great. As a as a like, if you want that that shot of sorrowing or whatever we're gonna call it, saw cane, saw cane, whatever. It's closer than jigsaw, but it's still it's not it's doing something different, but it's not quite there. Um, Jigsaw tried to be Saw but different and kind of was like, yeah, okay, that's better than nothing. Whereas Spiral's like, we're Saw, but we're not trying to be Saw in any way, shape, or form and works better. But yeah, you have you have that little bit of like, I, I like what I saw and it was cool, but it felt adjacent. Yeah, yeah, to, it's a spinoff. Yeah. It's the Hobbs and Shaw of the Saw universe. Sure, exactly. Um, so then I have, uh, so yeah, so one, six, uh, ten, spiral, and then uh, three, two, five, four, seven, jigsaw. Yeah, it seems like um, jigsaw seven and five are the, the bottom tier. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had four as my least favorite. I, I used to, big... but that one kind of went up for me. I guess it's because all the like the associated stuff, like all the weird Darren Lynn Bowsman transitions and the the yeah. crazy frantic editing and all the all the weird grungy sawisms. I don't know. I found myself kind of like nostalgic for them in a way that like, and then Jigsaw was just like somebody took shit in my mouth. <laughs> Four is, um, I think you get a lot of variance in what people think of it. Yeah. It was it was sort of 
the one of the last times, I guess five did it too, where um, your protagonist was a supporting character from previously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, oh, um, Rig, right? It's his time. Who's left? <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't, does Rig die? Uh, yeah. Everyone dies. Yeah, they, I was, it, it was all kind of yeah, like doesn't vaguely Hoffman unclear leave him to die or something? Well, no, that, well he that, gets that's, shot that's, and it's um, implied He gets that shot he dies. and he leaves him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's um, after uh, Donnie Warburg gets his head smashed, right? He goes smushy. Exactly. Yeah, see, that's and another then, brutal one where you watch his head explode. That's gorier than yeah. Saw X or Saw Ten. That's also like the five, only reason he's in that movie. <laughs> like he gets the yeah. end credit, and literally he just stands on a block of ice and then gets his head crushed. Yeah, I don't even know if he like has Christian dialogue. Lover, where you're like, <laughs> like, did you did you not like this guy? Um, and then five has the dude from was it uh, Gilmore Girls or something as the protagonist, sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah, Scott Patterson. What? He, yeah, well, actually, that's... he's technically a guy from the previous movie, so that keeps it going. Yeah, six doesn't do that because it's Peter Outerbridge. Well, no, but there's the uh, the boss who's a carryover. The sure the, the and, musta- and Mr. I guess, Bluetooth. Yeah, and Jill. And well, yeah, Jill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jill, Jill in uh, in uh, six and seven. So I guess they they were consistent. Jigsaw didn't do it because they couldn't. No, but. You know, I got, I like it. I got gotcha. you. Um, we have some saw questions. Um, first up, K Flea two hundred eight says, "Where does the Saw franchise go from here? A reboot, continuation of the story, branching out more like Spiral." We kind of talked about that, but you can, uh, Kendall. What do you want from the next one? Um, I don't know if I really want more Hoffman. He is not my favorite, but I think that's what we're gonna get. I would love just. Yeah. I don't know. I. I don't know if I'm going to get more Tobin Bell, <laughs> but I will always well, wish for more Tobin Bell. Yeah. yeah. Um, conversely, they uh, carefully asked, and with how Saw X played, do you think they killed off John Kramer too early in the franchise? Because this movie felt like it could have been a late stage Kramer movie versus a retcon. I mean, yeah, this could have easily been Saw 3. Well, or two even. Well, I think they came to the realization that killing him so early was a mistake around the time of Saw 4, where he had more screen time than in the previous three movies combined. Yeah, and they went, okay, well, we have an idea, and we're going to run with this, but also, boy, we could have not written ourselves into the corner if we wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yes. I mean, I like, I kind of like the wildness of, like, the pretzel chronology that we have to have now. Oh, totally. It. No, it, it makes it so endearing, but yeah, it's... Yeah, they could have they could have avoided a, a struggle, but they've mostly survived. I think better than we could have expected, considering. Also, considering this wasn't ever meant to be a franchise. Quite. I mean, we're still watching all of them. So, what does that say? It's it's, a, it's actually like fairly absurd that this is the tenth movie. I know, and, and I want like ten more. No sign yeah. slowing down. <laughs> yeah, considering Josh uh, Stolberg did mention eleven. Like, in one of his tweets, like, is it going to actually happen? Who knows? Because um, let's pull up the box office. From what I understand, it made the same amount as the first one opened to. Like, different era. But um, but more than the last two did. Yeah, I, I think it's probably on the low end of what they expected, if I had to guess. You know, it's not going to... How how expensive could it have been, first of all? That's a good question. Um, uh, 13 mil, uh, it made 18 uh, U.S., uh, so it's already topped its budget, and then once you go worldwide, it's already in the green. 
Yeah, yeah, because I think it did it did okay uh, internationally. So yeah, they're fine if they want to make another one. I'm glad they didn't inadvertently spend like thirty million or something. Right. So they they handled this well. Yeah. Un- unlike, um, um, actually, let's let's take a quick diversion for the next question. Miles, you saw the creator. Speaking of uh, that movie, only opened to fourteen, which. I mean, kind of expected. It was only ever going to make like this much or double. It was never going to open to like a solid in between number. Yeah. Um, and it kind of feels like it's meant destined to be like a cult favorite in a way. Yeah. Um, you saw it. What did you think? Yeah, it's got that predestiny about it. Um, it's it's pretty good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not like I found it entertaining enough while I was watching it, but it's so derivative and it's, it's one of those things where it's, everyone's like, Oh man, you got to champion this because it's a, it's an achievement for original science fiction. Is it though? Is it not just like well, copy pasting, like bits and pieces of like 50 years worth of sci-fi into a slurry that doesn't really have any coherent focus. I mean, in between, I think I think the the world created is distinct enough that it's original. I don't. But what happens within the world is elements of seven other movies. I I, I think a lot of it. I think there are moments that absolutely work. I think a lot of it. Uh, we've talked about Gareth Edwards. I don't know if he's like a great director per se, but he gets scale right, and he's really good at that big bomb basket levels of action and when the movie is like focusing on that i think it's really good and when it's sort of dealing with like the scale of the world i think i think the world building is good in the sense of like how it's delivered it's just that what it is is so like it's just random ideas there's a weird like appropriation element to the asian culture in it that smarter people than me are probably more qualified to talk about, but it is something that I was like very cognizant of when I was watching it because it just, it, most of it takes place in what they call new Asia. And it's very much just like, Oh, we filmed it in Thailand and these boats kind of look Vietnamese and here's some Japanese actors over here. It's just kind of anything. And I think there's a little bit of thoughtlessness that kind of accidentally undermines what the film is actually going for in terms of like humanizing the AI equivalent characters. I suppose that could be the case. I think the better it hand, the better you like the movie, the less you find fault within some of those things. I think if the movie's not working for you, it's easier to be like, well, wait, what about that? Well, you know what I mean? But um, I think that's, I think that's it right there. The fact that there is a conversation already about that. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where I like, I don't have anything against it, but I don't feel like it's something so wonderful that it needs to be celebrated on the same level as something like Dune, for example. No, 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 no. Though I do think it'll like below the line. It has still has awards. Oh, oh, I'm a little skeptical on it's um, above the line. Like this is a big time thing. Totally. Totally. Which I think I kind of had talked around in the weeks past when I'd seen it. I'm just like, we'll see. But no, in terms of like something a little different. Cool. Um, even though, like, a little weird to have a pro AI movie right now. Well, it's but. like, man, if it came out even like a year ago, it wouldn't matter. But now it's kind of a different vibe, isn't it? Sure. But like, he has no control over that. No. Uh, you can't. Uh, it's just like with Mission Impossible and the submarine. Like, boy, did they time that poorly. No you hear we're getting a or movie we, about the submarine? I can't wait. Oh, to yeah. Hear it. It's not actually happening. I can't wait for it's Ron Howard happened. to make it something totally competent. Right. Um so we have a uh, Disney question, Kendall, if you want. Okay. Um, 
Because last week they were asking about like bringing back hand-drawn animation. This is Lonely Abandoned Beagle on on Twitter. And they said last week when I asked about Disney animation bringing back hand-drawn animation starting with the Tiana series, uh, we'd mentioned The Princess and the Frog lost money. I don't know if we actually said lost money, but it was like a disappointment. Yeah. But they said it actually broke even at 270 worldwide and a $105 million budget. Wasn't it the 2011 Winnie the Pooh film that flopped? I mean, did that movie make less money? Yes. But um, expectations, I think, were also different. Also, marketing. So $105 million budget. Uh, again, it's not a one-to-one ratio, but usually you double the budget for um, marketing. But also, Disney went really hard on that movie to like support it. And they also... Disney's a little weird with the worldwide stuff. They don't pay quite as much attention sometimes to the global box office. They, they really, because they also don't do super well globally sometimes. Yeah. You know, Disney is a very American brand. Like, you know, the joke about Euro Disney, never, no one ever cares about. Simpsons did that one. Did you ever see that one with Itchy and Scratchy Land? Where there's Euro Itchy and Scratchy Land, just no one's there? I don't know. I probably saw it. Maybe. But. Yeah, yeah. But like the joke for years has been like Euro Disney didn't, no one cared about. Because it was like, it's your, it's, it's Europe. We don't care about Disney. So I don't know. Um, so they're not wrong in that like other movies may you know lost more money per se, but Princess and the Flo- Frog was a disappointment to them, and they abandoned that kind of idea. What Kendall? What do you think about hand drawn animation? And then Miles, go for what you were gonna say. Um, I mean, I I love all animation, but there is something kind of magical to hand drawn animation, and I am I would love to see more of it, unless of the Pixar-y type cartoonish mm. like kind of look like i i i think i would prefer hand-drawn animation what do you guys think yeah i mean i think you'll like wish um in november which is a combination yeah the backgrounds are hand-drawn hand painting and the, yeah um, i like the i 3D. like mixing different different kinds of animation as well it keeps you, you more interested you will you will also like the thing that i told miles about last week which is the short that's playing on abc in a couple weeks for the 100th anniversary special I think it's like a Saturday night or something like that. It's called Once Upon a Studio. And it's all 60-some-odd leads from the the Disney animated features coming together to take, like, a group picture, like, when the studio shuts down. And all of them are in their original animation styles. Uh, And they're they're drawing new. going to make me cry, basically. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Great. Like, Belle and the Beast are still together. Oh, stop it. I like, but the combinations are funny. Also, it's like Donald Duck waiting for the elevator, and Turbo from Zootopia asks him to hold the elevator. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see it. Like you're, you're gonna be into it. It's very cool. Like, and all the other thing was all the voices are back if they're alive. <gasps> oh, that's so. So Jeremy awesome. Irons is doing Scar, um, and uh, you know Josh Gad is Olaf. Like they're all doing it. That's so, so awesome. Very much up your alley. I thought you'd like that, Miles. What were you gonna say? Um. Oh, regarding the princess and the frog and sort of, I think what you're speaking to your point, I think it's less because, you know, and people like to say, oh, well, it broke even. So it wasn't technically a bomb, but that's still not a big success, A. And B, more to the point, even if it didn't lose money necessarily, I think the bigger problem with that one, which is 
kind of what you were getting at is that it didn't really hit in a cultural way like they needed it to. It's almost the problem that DC had with Man of Steel, where like it has its fans, it has its detractors. But the bigger problem is that it just never really caught on with the zeitgeist in the right way. And no amount of papering over that in the sequels kind of makes that happen. So in the Disney example, I think it's one of those things where they're just it didn't feel like like they put their they like you said they put their weight behind it and it didn't seem like there was the interest to justify continuing to do that and if you dreamworks and everybody else is doing the pixar mold essentially then that's what animation sort of looks like so kendall to your point i think i would love to see more hand-drawn stuff coming back in but i also like you know i love uh, the recent trend of stuff um that kind of looks like what we saw in Spider-Verse, uh, which we've been seen in Ninja Turtles and all sorts of other stuff recently. Nimona did a, a variation on that. Um, Wish looks like it's doing something slightly uh, different. Arcane, the series, I think, is one of the best examples of that I've seen. So I think there's a variety of... I think we're we're about to start getting into a kind of an experimental era of animation. So I'm really excited to see what people come up with. Sure. Um, I want to get to Kendall. You had a whole uh, checklist of things you wanted to bring up. So I want to get to whatever's still on your list. But quickly, Matthew Anderson asks us, what are some filmmakers that haven't done a Saw film yet that you love to see make one? I'm going to go back to the one that I said um, at the time when I saw Barbarian. I said Zach Gregor should make one. He should. Yeah, he would be a great get. So that's my pick. Uh, I like. Kind of, who do you think? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Well, no, Miles, you can go if you want. Oh well, I just uh, I had this because I saw his question. Um, I this would be like the really high class one, but man, can you imagine David Cronenberg getting his hands on one of these? Oh, that'd be great. He'd never do it. He'd never do great. it, but I want to see it. The device you're wearing is made of human skin. <laughs> David, everyone's device is made it. of human skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it or die. Make your choice. I, I would love to see Da-na-na. like a weird Darren Aronofsky saw. Ooh. Like have Ooh, some think... have some weirdo yeah. like mother aspects in it and have make me cry once like the whale or like it just I think he would have a really fun time with it. Just and go it like really would... hard on the cancer elements. Oh god. Yes. And it would definitely be super, super different. And I'd be into yeah, it. There's the whole only time. one trap. And it's in the last 30 seconds. The rest of it's cancer drama. Yes. And Mickey Rourke is Jigsaw now. Oh, God. <laughs> but, I mean, it, I, th- I think I think you've both aimed a little high. But would I love to see both? Yeah, damn right I would. Because, <laughs> um, like, listen, aiming high is not always good. But these two guys would do good jobs in a world where they would actually make it. But, like, listen, Ron Howard is aiming high. But do you want to see the Ron Howard Saw movie? God, no. Exactly. And like, again, he's not necessarily a bad filmmaker, but like, talk about a guy not fit to make the movie. Not a fit. He's fit to make a movie. We've we've seen him capable of it. The other one would have been like, some of the some of these guys who had promise in the horror field, they kind of like become workmen. And you're never sure like, if there's just a if a thing would get them going again, or if it was a one time thing like, like Greg McLean from um, uh, uh, Wolf Creek. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, that's like, not a bad idea. Exactly. But, like, um, I, I think Wolf Creek is is a surprisingly, like, stylish movie in a way that it never had to be, right? But what he's done since then, like, Wolf Creek 2 is all right. Um, Rogue was kind of whatever. The Belko experiment. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that I think that he one. made that. 
Yeah, there was like a Kevin Bacon movie, I want to say, like The Darkness, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's kind of fallen into, like, I just kind of make stuff. Did he do Crawl Space, maybe? No, that was, um... Uh, uh, aha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrong, wrong alligator movie. But if he made... Let's see, did he make anything else? Because, like, that's not... that that Like, that's a great idea, but is that closer to, um... What I was saying with, like, the, the Spirit Brothers, right? Where it's like, oh, cool idea. Oh, they bring nothing interesting. Yeah. No, uh, hard well, to say. My, well, I can answer the question pretty easily. Um, he has uh, produced Wolf Creek 3. Oh, well, there you go. Apparently it... Wait, hang on. Oh, it's in development. I thought it had already come out. I, I'm assuming he's not, like, directing it. But he was talking about it in during COVID, so who the hell knows? It also sounds like the plot of the first two movies. An American family takes a dream trip to the Australian outback and soon draws the attention of notorious serial killer Mick Taylor. A hellish nightmare ensues as the couple's two children escape only to be hunted by Australia's most infamous killer. It's the same movie. Well, I was about to say, does that not kind of sound like he's getting the same treatment that Jigsaw got in this movie? Yeah, he just he just gets to hunt the kids this time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe could be could be. Um, Kendall, what's on your what's on your to do list? See, the problem with this list is that it's all spoiler related. So no, no, well, well you know we what? already Here's talked about Hoffman. I could say go for exactly. it. exactly. <laughs> Everything that we've talked about that was spoilery already. You you could have gathered like you knew Hoffman was in the movie. It's just where. But from this point on, if you're still listening, cool. Also, we're going to be talking about spoilers, so you may want to come back in a few minutes if you actually care. And if you sit through it, if you're a good boy and a good girl, I'll talk about Maestro for a minute. So there we go. There you go. You're safe now. So, okay. The first thing is, so Gabriella with the horrible, horrible radiation dangling trap that she's in. So I know Cecilia is like, no, 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 cut your cut your uh or hammer your leg first and then you'll swing away why wouldn't she just do her hand first and she would fall to the ground like and get away from the machine altogether versus swing a few feet away from it well cecilia like trying to screw her over or maybe i think i assumed that because she was it it kind of had like pulled her taut that if she like got the hand first that it would send her like slamming to the ground I mean, it's better than what happened to her. Sure, but at the time, I also don't think they knew that the machine was going to move over. Yes, also what happened to her, since we're in spoiler territory, is fucking gets her neck broke by her. Yeah, which was wild. Well, quite, which I think that's very much, she's just sort of keeping her options open at that point. Yeah, a little bit. That's the only one where you're just like, oh. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, I'd rather, I'd rather you show that, 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 um, Cecilia's evil by having her do that than like strangling a puppy, which is, you know. Well, I mean, she does nearly murder do. a child, so. Yeah. Uh, my point stands puppies. Which Kendall, also. You'll back me up on this. Yes, puppies over children for sure. Well, exactly. sure, but there are no puppies on the table, so, you know, we're working on what we got. Listen, Saw is a franchise. 10 movies in, hasn't killed an animal. That That's true? why I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, the the pigs were already dead. They were already, yeah, like rotten. They were very dead. Yes, they were very. No rude. new in pigs fact, were probably... harmed in the making of these films. Exactly. He would. I'm. And listen, his pig mask is probably vegan. 
<laughs> he looks like you'd be like vegetarian or vegan. He seems like you'd be a, he'd be a, I was about to say a good dude. I'm like, no, he's not a good dude, but <laughs> he seems like he's on the right side of most issues. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm drawing, depends I think, on the I think movie. this kind of gets you to draw weird moral lines that you don't feel comfortable with. True. Cause you're like, would you be friends with Jigs with John Kramer? You're like, no, not if, not if you knew what he was up to, but just like, he seems like a he seems like a guy who would say something nice to Kendall in the street, and you'd be like, "Well, that guy wasn't creepy, so that's cool." Yeah, he's you like know? I don't know, he's like someone's grandpa to me. I don't know, but yeah, but and then my friend when we were watching Saw Ten leaned over to me. She's like, "He's so cute. He's so wholesome." I'm like, <laughs> "I know, right? They made him like so sweet in this movie." Who who's horny for John Kramer? Christina. Oh. <laughs> but oh. um. There was okay. there was also also on my list there was a messy part that I thought it was kind of messy where Cecilia speaks full out English to the little boy who can't speak English allegedly and he fully understands her when they're outside. Oh yeah, like under her, like you kind of hear it like in the yeah in, she you don't full hear it but it's like oh come with me or she says a full like sentence she's like come on we're gonna go inside you know come with me I guess she's here. like signaling and like he knows I her as guess. like safe I don't know. Also, the fact that this little boy is like, you fix my bike wheel, I will literally die for you to yeah, John Kramer yeah. is hilarious to me. Listen, little boys like bicycles. <laughs> well, also the fact that the one sense. word of Spanish that he taught him happened to be relevant in that situation. Right? No holla. Unless no holla. he knew. <laughs> Unless he knew. And it was just, that's why he taught it to him. I don't know. It's John Kramer. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, even, but even with Amanda, he's like, well, nah. I don't know. <laughs> we barely got out of that one. <laughs> A little bit. I suppose that's also true. And also, what else is on the uh, spoiler list? A red Kendall? flag that I think John should have picked up on. So he sent Cecilia an email, right? Saying, I heard about your treatment. I'm very interested, dot, dot, dot. And then she calls him and she's like, oh, talks all about his case and him having brain cancer and he didn't even mention like how did she well she said i was looking at your file so i, I guess you're oh, it's okay. implied that like he he forwards it next to like right the, right that the, it's implied that i think like they skip some things in the movie for time yeah like it's implied i guess that like the secretary got back to them was like can you send us your medical records and then she called i think if if you emailed for more int- information and your doctor immediately called you you'd be confused <laughs> Yeah, and I really and maybe do a little think suspicious. it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that we're, I guess we we're just supposed to assume that Cecilia just dies stuck in this room with like a hole to stick her head think out of. They're keeping her alive for eleven. Ugh. Maybe. I guess she isn't gassed, right? But it's another one of those like there have been a few characters where you assume that they're left for dead, and that's just how they die. They don't, you know, cut their leg off and they get their head chopped off. And I just was wishing that for her. Mm. That's true. Many, many a person is is left for dead in this franchise. Well, you yeah. never know who you I have mean, to keep on the table for two to three sequels down the line. True. Who do you think it went the worst for? Um, oh. I mean, the guy who had to do surgery in his own scalp got it pretty rough. <laughs> uh, Diego? Or, no, Mateo. Mateo, yeah. But Mateo's pretending to be a doctor. That's pretty shitty, right? I mean, yeah, but it's not like he's putting it together. He shows up on the day and he recites some lines, probably. I don't know that he's like some criminal mastermind. That, well, and it's like he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. It is like, you know, just drill into your head with like a rusty mirror. Like, come on. He doesn't the, okay the punishment does not. Well, eventually, yeah. But like, 
Although he also has the best line delivery in the movie where um, she's talking him through the medical equipment. He's like, I don't care what the fucking thing's called, Celine. Yeah. I do like that his his trap does end up being a callback to the thing from the, the drive when they show him like the tourist thing. Yep. The yes. mask. Makes no sense for him to be in that. But like, No, still, it's a weird cultural was... thing that Jigsaw doesn't usually go in for. But just one like reminding you where we are. You know who it went really poorly for? Parker Sears. Well, like, all he's supposed fuck to do that is guy, like, though. <laughs> exactly. Fuck him. It's but like on the surface, he had the safest, easiest job. Like right? stroll up at one point, right? Hang out with with John, and then just pull a gun. And yeah. yet, um, the return of the actually maybe this is the, this is the gas that he uses on uh, fucking Seventh Heaven in, in Saw Two. There's a lot of who on earth is Seventh Heaven? Uh, Beverly Mitchell and Saw Two, the one who dies of like poison, the only one who dies of the toxin. Oh, okay. There's so Kendall, much poisonous gas and so much like injectable poisons in this series. It's wild. Also, is there such a thing as antidote for some, most of these things? He ha- he claims he has the antidote a lot. I don't know that he does. Well, certainly not an antidote. That, like the guys in two, by the time they got that antidote, it was probably a little too late. <laughs> Or even like the the guy you burden people in your act. He's like, I have the antidote, or it's in like the safe. Like, does it work that way? It's not like a peanut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Saw eleven. The device you're wearing uh, shucks peanuts every sex every six <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it could work. I maintain the work. jigsaw. You know the teenage years. Just bring back Tobin Bell in a backwards baseball cap. Say he's a teenager, like rebellious. You know, he's he's putting his uh, college roommate in the. It's like you take too long in the shower, so now you must burn or whatever. Oh, I'd like that. So you wanted to do the bully? You wanted to be Rockstar Games bully? Maybe, eventually. Maybe. There you go. I'm okay with it. Kendall, you have anything else? Um, and I might have just missed this. This is my last thing. But how did Cecilia know that he was Jigsaw? We were talking about this. I'm assuming she put it together during the while he was while she, the traps were happening. Of like, oh, this must be the Jigsaw killer. Yeah, I don't think That's she. I don't think she knew before she woke up in the trap. Okay. Yeah, because honestly, like in that sense, would you have probably maybe not tried to con John Kramer if you knew it was well, the John Kramer? Well, that's just it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, she, she I, would have pulled the plug so well, well ahead of time if she put it together beforehand. Yeah, yeah, just just don't just don't call him back, and it's fine. Or be like, uh, send us your insurance information. Well, about that, I'm sorry. Well, because presumably at that point, it's not publicly known that he is Jigsaw, which happens, I guess, sometime in the second movie. Um, I would, honestly, I don't know if the public ever really finds out he's Jigsaw until yeah. he's dead. I don't know until after he's dead. But even the police, like, do they like have they put it together yet? Because like, if they knew, then surely he wouldn't be able to like still be talking to his doctors and whatever. They definitely don't know it's him at the end of one because there's no one to tell him, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But then two starts with the guy in the Venus flytrap, right? And then they're just like cops going to like bust down Jigsaw's house, right? So I guess that's when they find out. So I guess now, I guess uh, something he does when he comes home from Mexico. Maybe, you know what? It's Henry. 
Which one's Henry? Maybe that's what the the guy. Uh, the guy the, after one. the credits. The guy at the end. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. The guy who, Maybe who he's did the one. had epic bad luck. Yeah. Maybe his epic bad luck was was revealing to the world that John Kramer is Jigsaw. Well, that'll do it. By by getting butchered, clearly. But, you know. All right. So there we go. Um, any final Saw thoughts before we uh, dovetail towards the end with some awards you shit? Not for me. I was very satisfied. No, I loved it. As you should. Awesome. Um, before we wrap up, let's let's backtrack to what did, what's uh, what have I seen that other people who listen to the podcast care about? Um, we both saw the creators. Saw. I'm just looking at the schedule. Oh, so I have seen. I saw May December. I saw Foe, and I saw Maestro. All right. So, uh, I have the least to say about Foe. It's all right. Um, I honestly think my thumb would be down if not for the acting. I did enjoy um, Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal going up against each other. And Aaron Pierre is good as well, who I'm forgetting what I know him from. Uh, Underground Railroad. Um, he's, been, he's been doing a bunch of stuff lately. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know the name. I think he's actually in Blade. Oh, he's in Old also. Is he fucking mid-sized oh, he sedan? He is mid Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking name oh kendall you did you see old in a theater no i saw it at home thank god okay because when i saw it at a press screening i spent the first like 30 minutes of the movie thinking there was something wrong with the projector because the cinematography keeps like not cutting off people's faces and like heads and shit at the beginning oh my god it well, was it was throughout. really bad yeah like i was so confused for a while i was like is this like a mistake <laughs> Also, like, or maybe is Shyamalan bad now? Like, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, now? Oh, also, apparently, yeah. Also, Aaron Pierre is the star of the They Swear They're Gonna Make It Rebel Ridge from Jeremy Solnier. That movie that was going to be made, like, after Green Room, like, uh, a while ago. Uh, it was John Boyega movie, right? If you say I think so. initially. I think it was. Um, wild. Um, yeah, this is a indie sci-fi um essentially like a generation from now you know the world's it's like kind of being in like uh, interstellar so the a company is was like essentially conscripting people to go work in on the space station thing you're you're compensated and you're you know your spouse is paid and all that and they pick paul mescal and, and aaron pierre is like doing the tests and about halfway through it's revealed even though it's in the opening like crawl that this is happening that like there's advanced AI essentially they're going to make a copy of Paul Mescal leave with Saoirse Ronan for the two years he's uh, he's gone and they all kind of have to like deal with that and then there's a a twist it's act it's an acting thing like the 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 story is kind of whatever it's Garth Davis the guy did Lion and um um Hobo Jesus Mary Magdalene movie so not a not a not a wildly like interesting film, but like I like the acting. Um, not getting great reviews apparently. Um, on the flip side, May December very good reviews. Which um, it's a lot like soapier and campier than I thought. Miles, I don't know. Like, did you watch the trailer? Yeah. Did it strike you as like funny? Um, potentially. It, it strikes me as one that's going to have a balance. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's very unsettling, but, like, there's also, like, a like a soap opera kind of, like, big, heavy score going on during, like, very, like, 
tense but silly moments that I think is pretty interesting. Kendall, have you heard of this one? I haven't. All right. It's Todd Haynes, the guy did Carol. Um, okay. And uh, it's Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman, and um, Charles Melton. Charles Melton's in something. Riverdale. Riverdale. Don't ask me why I know All that. Right. <laughs> Miles is a huge that... Riverdale fan. I'm not. I just really read seems it like... somewhere, but I think it's funny. <laughs> really seems like something Kendall should have known, not you. But wow, right. I do not watch Riverdale, everyone. Don't listen to Joey. Yeah, but you but you you're closer to the age group that would watch it at least. That's this, a compliment. Wow, again you're judging my TV taste. You're the one who watched the naked the naked show. whatever yeah maybe you watch Riverdale. I mean, by the by the time people are listening to this you might have watched the entire season of uh i might of have naked Attraction, they won't know that <laughs> that's true until you come back um but no maybe we'll check in is, with um, the next saw movie <laughs> exactly natalie portman is an actress in life but also the character she's playing here and um she's playing julianne moore in a movie and uh, so she's gone to, like, study Julianne Moore and, like, her husband. And the thing is, Julianne Moore, when she was, I want to say, like, 30 or something like that, um, was working at a pet shop and had an affair with, like, the 14-year-old who worked there. Oh, God. Okay. But, like, they got married. So they're, it's it's um, Mary Kay Letourneau, essentially. Okay. But they're they're making a movie. And, and uh, Natalie Portman is, like, studying her to find out, like, how to play her. It's very, very kind of interesting. And um, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was amazing. But I, I see why people are talking about Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. And then I just, before we recorded this, got back from the New York Film Festival premiere of Maestro, which, um, very good. Not what I was expecting, though. Um, they lean very, inter- very hard into... Um, the marriage, as opposed to his career, which I think is to its benefit. Since if you know anything about Leonard Bernstein, um, Bernstein, he had um, interesting relationships, let's say. Miles, do you know anything about this? I do, from, like, reviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, like isn't that a, a take on the material you were not expecting, necessarily? I can't pretend to know Especially enough from... about him to have an expectation like, of what the take would be. But if you thought like Bradley Cooper, like for some reason, wants to make a movie about this person, right? It it seems like you would have thought it was more about the like celebrity aspect and the and the the music and stuff. And like that stuff's done well. But the best parts are about their relationship and kind of how that that goes. And it does lead to Carrie Mulligan being really good in the back half. So I was I was very pleased by by that at the end. It's it's a little slow going early on, but it's not super long. It's only like two hours and five minutes or something like that. Very classical filmmaking, which is going to be interesting on Netflix as compared to like a theater. Um, I imagine you'll get it in a theater. That's before too, too long, right? I mean, it seems like one of the ones that they're going to give at least lip service to a theatrical release for. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. So I would recommend if you can sing in a theater for the the scope of it all, at least, because especially the like and the sound, the 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 music, the conducting scenes are really well done. Um, I would I would recommend that. Um, I guess the next like streaming thing you would probably see in theaters is uh, Flower Moon, right? Yeah. Just a few the weeks. Scorsese now. movie. Yeah. October 20th worldwide. I imagine you're getting it on the 20th, right? I have to assume so. I've been seeing nothing but trailers for it all year. Their star. I mean, that's more up to your theater, but one would hope that they would go go do it. Um, before we wrap up, 
Kendall, what are you looking forward to seeing? I know you were asking me about other horror films that were coming down the pike. Um, horror or otherwise, what's on your what's on your radar? Um, I mean, I am excited to see The Exorcist, of course. And Thanksgiving looked really, really good. I saw that trailer before <sighs> Saw 10. Um, yes. Um, Miles, what did you see trailer-wise? Kendall was asking me about this. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Okay. But you were asking about other movies, and you said there was a trailer you thought from one other horror film? Um, Thanksgiving, we got... I can't remember if we got anything else that I, I hadn't seen. Because but... there's a surprising yeah. lack of big horror movies outside of like saw and the exorcist like there's nothing yeah. well, i guess five nights at freddy's is the other big thing but I don't know. which i'm also excited for for obvious reasons but um yeah that's more your thing i think than my well I, I i think i know why and i think it's not yeah i, I think i know why <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret no one knows um but no i'm i'm excited for thanksgiving a lot that looked really really good yeah me too and it's my favorite holiday and i'm ready to see it get weird on screen there you go what do you have uh, horror wise planned for the month anything interesting um not much to be honest uh, on sunday me and my friends were we got a bunch of thrift store paintings and we're gonna make them spooky like people have been doing on tiktok um and we're having cocktails and cookies and whatever so that's really my big spooky season thing what about you guys well miles is in his uh, 31 days of horror yeah, right. that's always fun. And I'm otherwise paralyzed, so that's pretty much it this year. <laughs> that's true. You got you to sit around a while. So Miles' My, horror is waiting. I guess not horror, but I guess pleasure will be I can move my body the way I could previously. Yeah, that'll be nice. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. I mean, who told you to fall off a ladder? Oh, my God, I didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you, this oh. was uh, about a month ago. Oh God, are you okay? I mean, that's I bet, like I a silly now. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As she said it, she realized I'm like, gathering uh, the answer is no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Still God. in recovery, thank you. No. Yeah, I, that, that was actually that timing was very good. Are you okay? Wait, I know. I, I know what I'm asking now. Ugh. Fantastic. Aside Joey, from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. Like three different people said that to me afterward it happened. That's what I get for falling in a theater. Yeah, exactly. Oh. That was, uh, did you, men- it's because you mentioned the play you're not supposed to mention, right? No, I would never. Talking ne- Shakespeare when you shouldn't have. Shh. Who, who do you think you're talking to? I would never. Yeah, well, apparently it didn't matter, so you should have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I don't have anything specifically horror planned. I kind of like it was just the anticipation of Saw, honestly. So um, I guess seeing the uh, the Saw musical kind of counted as my kickoff to spooky season. And I'm going to re-rank the franchise and I'm kind of doing figuring out like I'm going to try to do a horror movie for shot of the day every month, every day this month. So we'll see if I can find some good ones with that. If anyone can think of really good shots from horror films, send them my way. Um, but other than that, no, nothing, nothing besides the spookiness of life and I guess like Republican debates. They're pretty spooky. Yeah. All right. Here's a, here's a question. If you guys could make any horror movie a musical, what would it be and why? Saw on Broadway. Well, you already saw it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's fair. That's fair. Um, malignant. I want to see them try and do the, uh, the two faces. I was about to say that. I couldn't think of the name. I almost said uh, Megan, and I realized... Oh, my God. That's my choice, Megan. Well, Megan would be pretty good, actually. <laughs> Megan lends itself M3-gan. to some dance numbers. Oh. M- 
M3 and 2.0 eventually coming. Yep. Do we have Supposedly. any idea of what we don't have any idea of one, especially with Strike? That was a oh, no, there question. is. There, I mean, there is a release date, but will it actually happen? Mm. Uh, who knows? Um, it's January 17th, uh, 2025. Oh, too far. Not far enough. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't love it. Oh, I, was the I only loved one. it. I actually ruined its 100% on Rotten Tomatoes by accident. Wow. Oh, that's it. right. That was you. Dick I remember move. that. And then, and then Jason Blum subtweeted me. Because wow. he was like annoyed about it. I was like, I, I really wanted to be like, dude, you know, I've interviewed you. Like, well, you liked me. Someone else didn't like it by now, I hope. I think that's it's just, just you. Do, do you reckon one no, no. other person in the world didn't like Mithrigan? <laughs> do you think that's possible? <laughs> 20 other people. Wow. I feel I feel better about it now. Even though I'm 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 scrolling and I'm like, I don't know what, what company I'm in. <laughs> uh, it's all right. I was just the first, I guess, unfortunately. <laughs> but no, it's um I would love to see um you know what? Hostile. Oh god. Or what about like the Hills Have Eyes, the musical? Yeah. All, all the all Oh, that'd be you a know good what? One. Um um Jeepers Creepers. High tension. Well, maybe less so now. Jeepers <laughs> creep. Yeah, exactly, considering that dude's a sex pest. But yeah. We can take Justin Long out of it. And put him in something yeah, better. Let's. Barbarian. There you go. Oh, Barbarian. There you go. That would be so unhinged. I would love it. Oh yes. I'd be into that. What about mimic? Maybe, maybe. You just have them fly around the state the stage, like in uh, Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. I like it. All right. Well, Kendall kind of gave us our question, so um, let's wrap up. Uh, you can say where you can be followed, and you know what? Give me. Something you're looking forward to, if not a horror film, a a film film, Kendall, that you that you're interested in seeing, and Miles horror or or otherwise it can be in, into next year if you want. Okay, um, I'm excited to see the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes because I love the Hunger Games. Um, sure. I'm also excited to see She Came to Me. At a, is that I, out yet? No. Oh, I'm looking. It comes out on Friday. I'm I, to I see just. That one. Um, Reviews up on the site. I liked it. I just interviewed Anne Hathaway and uh, Marissa Tomei earlier today. They got a waiver, guys. I didn't break the strike. Good. I think that was but yeah. quickly to mention. Um, um, yeah, I, it, you'll you'll like it. It's pretty interesting. Good. And ends on a Springsteen song, so I was happy. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to for now. What about you, Miles? Uh, well, you can follow me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Uh, please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube. Uh, what am I looking forward to? Um, we talked about a few of them. Kill- There's a lot of killer movies coming out this month, even though not necessarily yeah. horror. So like Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, David Fincher's The Killer. Um, one of the ones we're going to be uh, watching for 31 days is um, a prime movie called Totally Killer, which I think is a Blumhouse thing. Um, so, yeah, all the killer movies. Thanksgiving for sure. I've been waiting for that movie for over a decade. Yes. All right. Um, I, you know, the killer might be my big one left over. And I think I'm seeing it very soon because it's going to play at MYFF now. Um, other than that, I, and the Iron Claw, I'm interested in that one, the uh, the wrestling one. But other than that, I, I kind of already into like next year's movies. Yeah, I think so. I think the biggest one I have left is probably uh, Poor Things. Oh, so good. 
Um, but besides that, yeah, I feel like I've already hit a lot of the, I guess it would have been Dune if that was still coming out. Sure. Next year for you now. Uh, also you can follow Kendall at KT Awards Radar. Yes. She posts when something involving her comes up on the site. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my, this is just the no, roast no, no. of Kendall, this podcast. I mean, I mean, when was the last time you used it? I don't care. Like you have no reason to be, to be doing it necessarily, but. Yeah, don't I mean, necessarily look for daily content unless you no. want to start doing stuff for for spooky season. Yeah, you can put a picture up of the of your horror painting if you want. Yeah, for sure. That could be cool. I'd be. I'm actually curious how that turns out. Um, yeah, me and, too. Oh, also, poor things is gonna be very up your alley. Yeah. Well, we're watching yes. a few like horror movies, and we're set on watching Scream because it's a classic. Okay. Um, we're watching No One Will Save You because I got halfway it's, through it and oh, then I oh. had to go to sleep. <laughs> it's so good. We, we, I yeah. don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I did just see that and I really, really liked it. It's really good. Yeah. Yes. Caitlin, Caitlin Deaver is aces in that movie, oh, acting against herself. I really like, so I don't usually get scared from horror movies and I got really like pretty freaked out by the way that the aliens move. Oh my god! Like it yeah. shook so me unnatural. to my core. Yeah, and so fast. Oh, I don't. I didn't like it. But did you like Spontaneous Kennel? I did. I loved that movie. Yeah, same director, by the way. Yeah, and then we're gonna watch yeah. Signs too because we're now in an alien kind of kind of mood. So. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen? Um, did you see the favorite when it came out a couple years ago, or I guess several years ago? With Olivia Coleman and yes, no. Okay, so that director made Poor Things, again, with, with Emma Stone. But two of his earlier films would be horror-adjacent. So if you want to uh, get very weird with your horror, I always. would say um, Dogtooth, which is a Greek film. He got okay. nominated for the Foreign Language Oscar. You will like it because of what it has to say about, like, helicopter parents and, like, growing up. But it is out there. And then I would say um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Which is oh, Nicole I saw Kidman. that one. Okay, what did didn't, you think of that? Didn't one? care for it. Okay, didn't care for it in that too weird, or didn't care for it in that like I don't get it. Um, too weird, and I don't know. I I was expecting one thing, and I got something completely different, and I was just like, oh, that... I don't ever have to see this again, pretty much. You and all audience members. I was about to say, I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a massive Yorgos fan, and even I don't especially love that one. Yeah, as well, much I was as I love Nicole, how... it didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, I want it. That's a good litmus test of like that's not his weirdest movie, but it's his most divisive because I feel like it's it's giving you the least, like the favorite and and the lobster and stuff. They give you more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even even if I aren't, you know, I'm not wildly satisfied by the lobster. You might like the favorite though, Kendall. I think you would like it. it's not it's not scary, but like Killing of a Sacred Deer. If you hadn't seen it, would have been an interesting like sitting there with the girls with wine watching a horror movie, being like, wait, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Interesting to have for that. Okay, cool. Uh, you can find me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Blue Sky, Threads, all that all that stuff. Uh, awards Radar is on several things. We'll be um, talking about more of the awards season next week. Kendall's always welcome back whenever she wants to come. So, if you want, maybe we'll figure out a uh, – maybe at the end of the month, wrap up spooky season if you want. Talk about what you did horror-wise in October. I'm down. Yeah, we could figure that out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're, we're good on that. Uh, stay tuned for more of Miles' uh, 31 Days of Horror. And, um, yeah, good time. So um, 
don't cross John Kramer. And as long as you don't, we'll be able to uh, see you at the movie. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.